in uh, on our phone lines and from Nashville. Steve, thanks for joining the program. How are you? I'm doing great, man. How are you? I cannot complain. So you watch this. You're from that area. You got to go back. So Green or Mark Green, Congressman Mark Green, had announced earlier that the U.S. government was broken. And I'll read his statement that he released when he announced this. Our country and our Congress is broken beyond most means of repair. I've come to realize our fight is not here within Washington. Our fight is with Washington. I'll get your response to that and the idea that he could be running again. Well, I think he's right. Number one, I was actually very shocked and disappointed to hear that he was going to not go back for round two. Um, but, you know, he there was talk of him, you know, running for governor and maybe this bill they can't pass that says he can't hold two seats made him think twice about, you know, giving it up to run just in case he loses. Um, but that's quite a ways away from now. Anyway, the governor's race in Tennessee versus his congressional seat. But, you know, he made a promise to impeach Mayorkas for dereliction of duty and lying that our border was closed while 50 million have crossed over. He did get it done. He made a promise and he got it done. The Senate won't do anything about it, unfortunately, even though Marsha Blackburn harps on it on Twitter every day. Um, you know, she liked it done, but, you know, Chuck Schumer won't hold a vote, I'm sure. So as a congressman, you know, one of 300 and whatever it is, 50, he went in there, said, I'm going to impeach this guy. He did it, but, you know, a Band-Aid on, on the dam. So we'll see. There was reporting where Senator Marsha Blackburn was in the ear of the congressman encouraging him not to to stay out of office, but to jump back in. And again, that's what sources confirmed to Fox 17 and Nashville Monday that he, in fact, may run again. Speaking of immigration, and you're in Nashville, you saw the quote-unquote neo-Nazi protests that, of course, the Tennessee Three linked immediately to GOP Republicans in our state. Then you have Justin Jones, who is over in your neck of the woods. We've got Justin Pearson's. Oh, boy. So here he is on the House floor yesterday. And I want you to take a a listen to this because it's all over immigration. And now the thinking for these radicals is if you are foreclosing our southern border, well, that makes you a Nazi. Take a listen and cut 19. One day people will look on what we're voting on here, everything we voted on, and say we were on the wrong side of history as a body. That this bill is about deflection and deception and distraction. This bill is not about keeping anyone safe. This bill is about beating up on a vulnerable people who are migrating, who are refugees, who are seeking asylum, which is a human right. And so I ask my colleagues, Representative McCalman, Think about your ancestors. Where are they from? How did they get to Tennessee? And imagine if they were met with the same vitriol that you're putting in this resolution. Imagine if they were called illegal immigrants when they were really children of God. No one is illegal on stolen land. That wall you want to build is crossing indigenous land. That wall, those arbitrary borders you want to build, is crossing indigenous land. Some of the folks coming across the border are indigenous folks just trying to reunite with their relatives and family. And so once again, we stand on this floor offering no solutions, offering nothing of substance, but just offering fear-mongering and hate. 
And that poison has poisoned the body of our politics. That poison, that red meat of racism that we're feeding these white supremacist groups. It'll be no wonder when the next neo-Nazi march will come. Some may argue that this is a neo-Nazi rally happening every time we convene in this body. But what we have to call attention to... And then you hear the House Speaker jump in there because you have Justin Jones calling his colleagues white supremacists and neo-Nazis. Steve? Well, (laughs) he didn't know how to do the Pledge of Allegiance and he obviously never read a history book to know that the Nazis were actually socialists, which are the people writing his scripts like Al Sharpton and Joy Reid. So I don't exactly know what he's talking about other than to say he's very offensive. And he likes to wear skinny jeans. So what I would say about Justin Jones is that he is on very thin ice because he already lost his committees. They just passed a rule that says that if you're expelled, you are not allowed to come back from your city. So he's basically destroying the opportunity to be an agitator because he's agitating the Speaker of the House who doesn't tolerate this stuff. So, you know, six months from now, he may not even be uh, there, but... There is some very interesting relationships between that rally of what I would consider uh, feds dressed in red going down Broadway uh, as neo-Nazis and him. Because ironically, the two people who discovered this march when no one else was paying any attention to it was him and the other Justin. And by the way, you called him the Tennessee Three. On my show, that is a uh, taboo statement. The Tennessee Three was... um, Johnny Cash's backup band. These are the three J's, Justin, Justin, and Johnson, Gloria Johnson, who somehow dodged the expulsion because, I don't know, maybe she's a white woman and there's some kind of privilege there. Not exactly sure. No, because but, of John Gillespie, uh, our Republican here. But continue your train of thought. I'll four J's, four J's, okay. <laughs> um, yeah, so bottom line is I think Justin Jones is reading from the Saul Linsky playbook and the good news is he didn't have a bullhorn this time because that's against the rules, but he's just not winning friends over or influencing people because he's offensive. And uh, Mark Zachary stood up and said, hey, Rule 19, you're out, can't talk anymore. And Speaker Sexton said, oh, good point, you're out, you can't speak anymore. So stop insulting our people. And how... We- when you're in the Congress or an assembly, aren't you supposed to reach across and deal with people and try to get things done? When you're in the ultra super major- minority in mm-hmm. Tennessee, 24 to 75, that kind of language is not going to make you friends who are going to say, yeah, sure, let's work on uh, solving crime problems in Memphis or water or uh, taxation or school vouchers. Let's work together. No, not going to happen. He needs to shape up and act like an adult and stop trying to... Uh, filibuster with uh, Malcolm X speeches written by Jesse Jackson. Yeah, wow. Well said. It's exactly right. And I've said this on the program. You know, all of this is to make sure they make appearances on MSNBC's Joy Reid show. There's no question, because they get booked every time they do these shenanigans. And it is incumbent on Republicans to not take the bait. Like, we cannot play their games because this is how they fundraise. And I've got to give the, what do you call it, the three J's a little bit of credit because when they are in a super minority, they don't have a ton of power. But it's this stuff and these national eyeballs that they get when they pull these shenanigans that helps them fundraise and helps launch them into a national spotlight. Um, before we let you go, I want to talk about the podcast. You were with my boss, by the way, and 
and some of the great team at KWAM at NRB. So for those just hearing the podcast for the first time, what do you seek to do on the Mill Creek View podcast, Steve? Yeah, I met your boss, Todd Starn, and the lovely Grace, and Alan Pillow was there. We were at Opryland for NRB. That was great. I'm sure you've or he has described what NRB is on your show, but it's uh, Christian broadcasters across the country. It's great. And so the show is basically No Creek View, which is Nolansville, um, Tennessee stories. So I've had uh, today, for example, I have the second of two sheriffs running for uh, Williamson County Sheriff um, to replace the 40-year veteran uh, Dusty Rhodes, the legendary Dusty Rhodes who's been here since uh, I was a baby. So I look forward to that. That's what the stories are. It's people who have something important to say to tell everybody from outside the state how wonderful Tennessee is. Sometimes, you know, the blemishes, not how great it is, but the stories so that if people are like me and they're looking for another place to live and they want to know what they're getting into, if they want to choose Tennessee over Texas or Florida or any other state that, like I came from, a blue state that's completely lost to the to the CCP, um, this is what they'll come into. So I've had Marsha Blackburn on. I've had your Senator Taylor, who's amazing. Brent Taylor, I think, is the one and only guy trying to clean up Memphis, from what I can tell, uh, from the Senate, which is not an easy place to do it from, but got to yeah. start somewhere. You're getting um, those conversations. Hey, we are going to be cut off by the computer. Steve, thank you for joining us. You can find out more information at Mill Creek View. That on X. We'll be right back.